Welcome back to the Elise DeLucci Show, episode 73, Dollface. We're in my living room on the Upper East Side. Life is good. It's Tuesday morning. I never record this podcast on a Tuesday morning. I usually do it at night, but you know what? I said, nah, you only live once. I feel good today. <laughs> no, I feel good every day, but you know what? I had such an early morning meeting uh, this morning, so I have this nice hour and a half chunk, and I thought... What's better than this? Fact of the day. There is a Japanese word. Kuchi zamishi. Do you know what this means? This means it's the act of eating when you're not hungry just because your mouth is lonely. Kuchi zamishi. So anytime somebody says to you, why are you eating that? You're not hungry. All you have to say, two words, kuchi zamishi. The Japanese have all these funny little words for, for, for things. Like there's a word, and I can't remember it, um, about a, for workaholics. They have a specific word for, for workaholism. And it's, a, it's like a whole epidemic in their country. But they, I, I like the Japanese uh, with that language for that reason. Did I ever tell you that my ex-sister-in-law was from Japan? I mean, you know, she was from Amori. She was a hairdresser. My ex-brother-in-law, he uh, lived in Japan and uh, teaching English. So he met this girl. They fell in love and they got married. And her name is Kumiko. And then Kumiko came uh, back to Wales when um, my ex-brother-in-law wanted to go back home to live home in Wales. Uh, she came back with him and they settled down there and started a family. Da da da. But when I met Kumiko, she didn't speak a lick of English. You know, I got a lot of stories about this kind of stuff. I actually think um, maybe that's why I'm not on the road as much as some of the other uh, Italian comics. Well, I should say Italian guy comics because these Italian guy comics, they seem to be getting around now. What's up with us girls getting around? The women in comedy, don't get me wrong, we get around. But, but the Italian comics, you know, a lot of times... <clears throat> And especially being all Italian is, uh, you know, Italian people that like to hear about Italian things um, or, or old old time stories or or off the boat sort of stuff. And I uh, I don't have that kind of background. I mean, I, I'm Italian American, but I've I've lived in Italy. I've traveled all over the world, and uh, I know it doesn't seem like that when I'm wearing lip liner and leopard, but. Um, you know, I was married to the Brit. I have this whole Japanese side of the family. And, uh, it's you know, it's different. It's different. But, um, you know, one day maybe I will get a shot at really hitting the road. My God. Anyway, <clears throat> I just got back from Savannah, Georgia. It was my cousin Nick and Stephanie's wedding. It was so nice. Have you been to Savannah? So I've been to Atlanta, hot Atlanta, for work tons of times. And I think I said last podcast, everything is peach tree this, peach tree that. And I liked Atlanta. And I love myself a little Nene Leaks from the Real Housewives of Atlanta. But um, i never been to Savannah. And it was so beautiful. I mean, the architecture, it's like going back in time. The architecture was gorgeous. All of these trees, they have these big, giant weeping willow trees all over the city. In fact, do you know how old the oldest tree in Savannah is? A little triviosity. Um, 330 years old. Isn't that wild? I feel like I know I'm getting older because I wanted to take a bus tour. You know, I'm there and I'm all settled and uh, they have these trolley bus tours that go throughout the city. And that was like the first thing I wanted to do. But I wanted to learn the history of... The, it's a walkable city. I wanted to learn the history of the city. I wanted to see things, and I wanted to hear 
uh, 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 stories and history about the things that I was seeing in the architecture I was looking at. You know, and it's funny, my younger self, I would go to, like when I went to Paris, for example, and I, you know, they, there was tour guides, maybe Eiffel Tower. I was like, nah, who cares? But this time I, I, I was really interested in, in the, the bus. I totally recommend it, but it was amazing. It was just a beautiful city. Um, a few things to know. Uh, very quaint, like I said, walkable. The tree is beautiful. They all have, like I said, the weeping willow. And by the way, the weeping willow trees have this really cool Spanish moss that comes off of them. I, I don't know if you know this. Google it. But a million years ago, the, the Spanish moss people used to use to stuff uh, their their bed their beds and their pillows you know, like batting and make, make cushions. There was apparently red bugs in this Spanish moss, or there is, there are bugs that live in the Spanish moss. So if you see it, don't, don't go get it. But someone told me that if you take Spanish moss, if you see it somewhere, I don't know why you'd want to take it home, but if you see it on a tree, you could put it in a Ziploc bag and put it in the freezer for six months and that will take all the kill, all the bugs or whatever, and then you could use it for decorative purposes, etc. I guess you could do that for other, for other, um, tree tree and leafy sort of things if you want to use them for crafts but anyway um yeah so things to know slow the trees are gorgeous architecture beautiful. it's a haunted city I did not know this I didn't know this you know a lot of historical um battles took place there they had the yellow fever uh pandemic or epidemic there um and it's a haunted city and they have a haunted ghost tour that I actually wanted to take like a big baby but I didn't do it. You know why? Because I'm in the city and the haunted ghost tour bus was a hearse that was cut out from the top and people were sitting on the roof of a hearse. And I was like, um, there's only going to be one time, knock on wood, that I'm in a hearse and it's not going to be on a haunted ghost tour. Thank you. I actually did see another tour bus. Um, that 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 didn't that wasn't inside a hearst and i and i do actually regret not doing it but i didn't have that much time i got there on thursday i left on sunday morning and you really only need 3 days i think for a small city like savannah but we had the wedding and the wedding was at this beautiful place about uh 30 miles um or 30 minutes out of the city it was what the hell was it called It'll come to me. It was a house. It was uh, someone's house, this woman. It was such a random place, but the venue was gorgeous. This woman owns a house. She was, uh, her grandparents left her 440 acres of land when they passed away amongst her and their other grandchildren. There was 10 of them in total. And she decided uh, to take uh, her piece of land and build a farm and barn. And then she built this huge, huge estate. And she lives in it, but she also rents it out for weddings. So it was so weird when we were at the wedding, you know, uh, we went to the part of the the estate where they were on the deck where there was dancing under the stars and, and twinkling lights. It was gorgeous. And the, the woman was in the kitchen wearing like a, her, her, a shirt about, you know, like, I don't know, whatever the house name was. And she... um. And, and, and I'm talking to her, and she says, yeah. She tells me the whole story about how she owns the house. She rents it out. It makes her happy. And I was like, well, do you live here? She's like, yeah, I sleep upstairs. I'm sorry. I Can you imagine, like, if you have this giant house and you're renting it out, you're renting out the bottom half of the, and the outside for the wedding, and then the top half, like, your kids are hanging out playing video games. Like, I could never sleep after the wedding is over. You have this big FMS downstairs, all these strangers running through your house, using your bathroom. Oh, God. 
but she was really nice. And I wish I remember the name. Message me if you are interested in the name. It was a beautiful place for a wedding. Um, and, and I totally, I, I would love, I would have had a wedding there if I would have known about it. I don't actually know if a, a Southern wedding is my style per se, but if I, if it was, I would have a wedding there. You have to bring everything in, the catering and whatnot. But it was absolutely gorge. Gorge, gorge. Uh, restaurants were so good in, um, in Savannah. I didn't get a chance to go to all of them. I was really upset. I wanted to, um, go to a restaurant called the Pink House. I didn't make it there. That's, uh, inside a, um, pink mansion, a pink old mansion. There was also a restaurant called Mrs. Wilkes, um, which is a, a family style restaurant and you sit at a table with 10 random people or your own party of 10 and everything's family style, shrimp and grits, black eyed peas, bread, you know, whatever, gumbo, everything. And it's supposedly the food's amazing. And the ambiance is even better. I did not make it there, but we did go to, um, uh, <clears throat> I don't know, some Char Charlie Charlie's Oyster House. We went to a restaurant uh, for breakfast called Debbie's, which was great. Debbie's restaurant. And let me tell you something, okay? You're going to die. So we went to this restaurant, Debbie's restaurant. We found it like the second day. We liked it so much we went back the next day because it was a really delicious, just nice uh, breakfast with all the, 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 the native things, right? Whatever the hell the native things are. So, um, you know, the shrimp and grits, blah, blah, fried green tomatoes. So the second day we're at breakfast, it was just me and my boyfriend. And we're sitting at the table. He tells me he has to use the bathroom. I say, okay. He comes back from the bathroom and he was like, Elise, you're never going to believe this. He said, I'm in the bathroom and I'm, I'm washing my hands. And, uh, you know, he's like, I went to the bathroom. I finished up in the bathroom. I'm at the sink. I'm washing my hands. And I look in the mirror and I see um, this guy, like, walk in in this really old suit. Like, he was performing and it was a heavy suit. And, you know, it was so hot there. And he's like, it's like 100 degrees outside. So I thought to myself, very fl flash, flash, quick flash thought. I thought to myself, what the hell is this guy wearing a suit? He's like, and I turned around and no one was there. And I was like, oh, stop it, you, you bunch of bullshit, whatever. Now, at this time, we knew that the city was haunted. Well, I, I, you know, he kept telling me the story over and over again, you know, over breakfast. And I just said, you're full of shit, you're full of shit. But my boyfriend's not somebody that makes stuff up. He's just not. He doesn't say anything that he doesn't mean. He's just not that kind of guy. So... I, uh, I told my mom when I saw her later in the day. And she's like, oh, please, what a bunch of baloney. He's crazy. And I said, Mom, my God, it's true. You're going to die. So my mother went to the restaurant the next day for breakfast because I told her how good it is, Debbie's restaurant. She asks the owner. She goes, let me ask you something. Is this restaurant haunted by any chance? You know what the owner says? She says, yes, actually it is. This restaurant used to be a yellow fever hospital. And we have four ghosts that live in it. A nurse, two children, and Charlie the suit man. Can you believe that? He saw the ghost. And my mom was like, get out of here. She's like, you're my daughter's boyfriend. They were here. She tells her the story. I couldn't believe it. I said to Chris, I said, my boyfriend Chris, I said, Chris, I said, it, like, what did the ghost look like? And he said, at least I don't know. He's like, I look, I, I was in the mirror. He's like, I saw the man. I saw the suit. He's like, it was like, it was a f like flash thought. He said, I didn't think anything of it. Like I, I, all I thought was why the hell is this guy wearing this heavy, 
you know, old timey suit walking in the bathroom. He's going to die of heat, you know, heat stroke out there. And that's that. So, of course, you know, um, well, my mom, by the time my mother went to the restaurant, we were already on the way and found out the story. We were already on the way back. We were already on the way to the airport. I was so disappointed because, you know, then, of course, I wanted to go back and see a ghost. I actually, knock on wood, I don't even have any wood around. Um, I've never seen a ghost. Have you? I... Uh, I, I watch all this, those shows, you know, well, when I like to watch mind-numbing paranormal TV, you know. I, I watch them, but I always think, oh, please, it's all a bunch of, you know, crap. But, but this, this was really something. I want to talk to you about the dress I wore for the wedding, and a thousand-degree wedding, but I'll tell you that later because I'm going to do it as my product of the week. I, I had no idea what I was. Let me say, though, I had no idea what I was going to wear for this wedding. I mean, what the hell do you wear for a wedding in the South, in Georgia, in 100-degree heat, and it's outside? I have the, the most sensitive skin. I've talked about this before. I was sweating bullets, and I brought, like, eight dresses, which is ridiculous. But I needed something cool, and I also didn't know <coughs> if I was going to be, like, casual-ish, you know, or... Um, or, or, or more dressy, and um, but I wound up getting this great dress. It was the the, the least expensive dress that I had ha- packed and had bought for this affair. I got it on Amazon, and you're gonna love it. I actually uh, I really used my my um, my overage and baby powder for the whole entire week. I mean, weekend that I was there, I, I just was dumping it on because I was dying. And while I was there, this woman, she told me, she said, Elise, do you know about liquid baby powder? And I don't know about liquid baby powder. Do you know about this? I I, I feel that I know a lot of the beauty stuff. I have, I, I have no idea. Apparently, there is a baby powder that goes on like a lotion and then it dries like a powder. Yeah, if you go, go on Amazon, I went on Amazon and I Googled uh, li- liquid baby powder and it, it, it comes off. There's a brand um, that gets a lot of reviews. It's called Super Fresh Body Power Body Powder Lotion by Sweat Block. Talc-free, anti-chafing, deodorizing. So I don't know if you've used this before, but I'm assuming if you feel like you're going to schwitz, you put a little bit of the lotion on, you know, wherever you want to do it, under your boobs, under your arms, in between your legs. I mean, come on, like, let's be serious. Like, what, what, you don't chafe on your thighs? Come on. And then does it just turn to powder? Because let me tell you something. If I rubbed lotion on my thighs and they started touching outside and it wasn't a powdery feeling, I would go nuts, nuts, nuts. So I was in the market for a printer, and you're never going to believe this. So I have this Epson printer that I bought from Amazon. I think I've spoken about it a few weeks ago. I bought it like, I don't know, I bought it back in March or April. The thing always was a, was a piece of shit. It never worked, okay? The thing never freaking worked. So I, it was through a third-party seller, da-da-da. Amazon didn't want to get, give me my money back. It was $300. Why did I buy a $300 printer when they're selling them for $70? I got no idea. But I called Amazon, and they, you know, they have a whole process. If you buy something through a third-party seller, seller, they're not going to give you your money back. You have to, like, they contact the, the third-party seller on your behalf. They keep contacting and contact, blah, blah, blah. Well, let me tell you. If you 
do that three times. If you have Amazon message the third party seller three times, by the third time, by the third time, you will get your money back. So I tell Amazon, I say, I call them back, I said, I bought this third-party printer. You told me you were going to contact the, 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 the seller. The seller never contacted me to rectify the situation that they sold me a lemon. It's been the third time I've called. I want my money back. And the Amazon agent said, okay, we, you're right. We've done this. We've emailed them three times. We'll give you your money back. So that's it. Got my 300 bucks back. So I bought another printer, an HP printer. I don't know, $100, something like this. Do you know what this print, what happened to this printer? I don't know if this happened to you. The printer comes. I'm all excited because that's what happens in your middle age. You get excited about getting a new printer. And I open it up and it doesn't have any directions to set it up. It says, if you want to set up, if, of course, if, if you want to set up the printer, please visit 123hp.com, whatever it is on your mobile device and your phone. And basically, you have to visit the website, you know, and you get the directions, how to set up the printer. But you know why they do that? Because they want your email. They want your email and your phone number, and they want the serial number of the printer. They want to know where you bought it because it's all about the big data. All these companies want data. I talk about this in my full-time job. And you know what? It's so infuriating. I can't even go into a store or online and buy a physical item that's going to live in my house. This is not a smart device. This is a physical item that's going to live in my house, and I got to go online to actually make this shit work. To find out how to make it work, I got to go online, and I got to disclose personal information. It's such a bunch of shit that I decided that I'm going to make a new email address. I don't know why I didn't do this years ago a new email address just to give out to all these vendors and these stores and their loyalty cards because I am absolutely sick of giving my personal info. I'm just, I'm absolutely sick of it. I find it so invasive. This is exactly why I don't have Google Home or Alexa in my house. I don't know if you have this. I couldn't think of anything worse than sitting in my bedroom at night reading a book or something, and if I want to turn off the lights, or I don't even know, how how does it even work? Alexa, turn off my lights. Alexa, put the news on. I do not want anything listening to me. My sister tells me, well, your cell phone's listening. I said, fine, if my cell phone's listening, because it does. The iPhone records like every 10 seconds or something. I learned this at Can Lion years ago, which is a um, a big uh, digital media advertising marketing event that happens in the south of France. Anyway, happens right after the Cannes Film Festival. Um, so, um, yeah, you know, and I, I said to my sister, that's fine that the iPhone records every 10 seconds or 30 seconds, whatever the hell it is. I said, because guess what? I could move my iPhone out of my bedroom, put it on the other side of the house. I could close my door and I could be connected free, cordless. I don't have a TV in my bedroom. I don't have a radio in my bedroom. I have nothing except my bed and built-in cabinets and lights and a chandelier and that's it. So you know what? I couldn't think of anything worse than having these um, the, the IoT devices, which are the Internet of Things, talking refrigerators, devices that listen so, yeah, but I, I can't really deal with this printer situation. I found it to be so horrible. So, so horrible. This is exactly why I don't wear an Apple Watch anymore. I used to wear an Apple Watch. I like an Apple Watch, you know, but I felt I was, you know, 
Well, here's the thing. I stopped wearing the Apple Watch because it's giving me anxiety. All the time I look at my watch, I see all my texts blowing up. Every time on a group text with my mother and my sisters, I, my Apple Watch is blowing up 10,000 times. Then the Apple Watch, yes, I like it for the steps, but the Apple Watch, is, it's, it's, it's keeping track of your heartbeat, you, you know, and all this other stuff. I said, get the hell out of here. Get the hell out of here. I do not need my health vitals being trapped and tracked right into the Apple data warehouse. My sister's like, what are you? What are you going to like uh, do something terrible that you don't want anybody to know anything about you? I said, no, I'm not. And they know everything anyway. Of course they do. I said, I'm just not going to add to it. I'm not going to add to it. And I don't care. And I'm sure my kids in 10 years when they're older and teenagers, they're going to think, mommy's a dinosaur. So be it. But that's how I feel. I got a advice question in my um, messages, and I wanted to share it with you guys. I do. Um, I used to do um, ask Elise or you know advice, ask me anything sort of things. And if you do have any questions, feel free to ask me. But I, I dropped that segment because I was getting stuff, and then I wasn't. And I wanted to be consistent, but I did get a question, so I want I wanted to talk about the uh, what my opinion on it, especially because I think it's important. It's a girl. Her name is Natalie. I'm not saying your last name, so don't worry. There's thousand Natalies, and by the way, I love that name. And I wanted to name one of my daughters Natalie, but um, I didn't. And anyway, here's the question. Elise, I'm in the process of a divorce, and he's just trying to waste my time in court, etc., etc. How did you reach such an amicable spot with your ex-husband? Okay. Here's the thing. Natalie. I had a very amicable, amicable divorce um, for lots of different reasons. And I and and, and I want to get to you specifically. I wish you gave me more information, more details. But I had an amicable divorce for lots of reasons. When I got married to my... Let me back up. When I got married to my ex-husband, we were friends first. We worked together for uh, a couple years. We were best friends. We did everything together. Um, and we worked well together. So I did, when I met my ex and he met me, we didn't have this lustful, lusty, tear your clothes off kind of crazy thing. And not to say that that's not amazing. And I sometimes I wish I had that right with him in the very beginning, but I didn't. We were friends and we worked well together. But one thing that carried through throughout our whole marriage that we worked well together on everything. We renovated two apartments together. We obviously had two children together. We uh, both worked and balanced schedules. And he is a very easygoing guy. Me? Ah, I don't know. I'm easygoing. Don't get me wrong. And I'm down to earth. But I could be a little dramatic, if you know what I mean. So having said that, um, you know, when we got divorced, it, 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 it wasn't, we worked, uh, we worked through it. Actually, that's not true. We didn't work through it. We, when we got divorced, we kind of already had this ingrained, um, uh, uh, we, we're, we're good together sort of work ethic, if that's so to speak. Like, I trust him. Like, he, he, he really was the one that worked on the divorce agreement, agreement. And I, um, trusted him, you know, that, in 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 that he was going to be fair and 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 kind and nice. So when I read it, um, it was and everything was easy. If that makes sense, um, 
we just because our relationship didn't work out didn't mean that we don't just because our relationship didn't work out didn't mean that we didn't want each other to work out as people you know we want we want each other to have full lives we want each other to be happy ask me that when he starts talking about his girlfriend you'll hear another thing from me but in overall you know what i'm saying so that set the foundation that 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 kind of style of communication that style of working together as a couple set the foundation for a an amicable divorce i trusted him i knew he wasn't out to hurt me i wasn't out to hurt him i wasn't out to take anything from him and vice versa and when we realized that we weren't going to be together anymore i wanted him to be okay and he, he wanted me to be okay and we went our separate ways and that's that and i and when people say to me you know, uh, not and not like sh- in show business. You know, like when my when when people like real, like when I have lunch with a girlfriend or if I'm meeting some, you know, they'll say if they ask me about my divorce, I say you know at the end of the day because it's true. You know that I didn't have a whole career in comedy for 20 years. You know, I started this and I started my career in the business world, and I say I am a business person, and he's a business person, and we treated our divorce accordingly not babyish, not anything. And I know that that's rare. I do know that that's rare. Now, don't get me wrong, okay? I, I'm not, and I'm not sitting here on my high horse saying that this is how it should be. There were moments, and there are moments. I'm divorced, and sometimes I'm like, I'm calling a lawyer, and I'm getting this shit redone because I don't like the 50-50 custody. There are times when I get really crazy, okay? And him as well. But I think that that set the foundation for this kind of... Um, current communication style that we have, which is friends. Now, that's me. For you, you did not give me a lot of information. Like, what happened? Why are you getting divorced? Because that's the question. Well, here's, actually, how old are you? Because, you know, that age plays a factor. Why are you getting divorced? Did you cheat? Did he cheat? Um, was, do you, did you both decide, you know what, this isn't working out? Did you want the divorce? Did he not want it? Because look, at the end of the day, if you wanted the divorce or if you, you know, had a something or other on the side, or if you just were like, fuck this shit, you only live once. I'm going to go out there and either be alone or try to find somebody else. And he doesn't want the divorce. You, I mean, you know, you have to expect him to be dragging his feet, uh, in court or wasting your time in court. Like you said. And, you know, um, and maybe if the situation was reversed, you would maybe too. Because at the end of the day, is he wasting your time because he's just trying to be nasty and vindictive? Or is he wasting your time in court because he really is in love with you, doesn't know how to express himself, and he really wants things to work out? So I think that that's the thing that, you know, I wish I knew. Is he wasting your time because you think that he's still in love with you and he's just an immature big baby? Or is he wasting your time because he's just an asshole? Now, if he is still in love with you and or loves you and wants to be with you and the whole, and didn't want the divorce and the whole bit and he's wasting your time um, and your money and all that stuff, if you have it in your heart to, um, to, to think about reconciling, maybe it makes sense to go to a, a, a therapist on your own and just talk about your experiences with your therapist. I know you didn't ask me what the hell to do. I'm just telling you. Um, you, know, you talk about your experiences. Talk about where you are in your marriage because I genuinely do believe that people should try to save their relationships. I mean, I in one hand, I'll say, YOLO, you only live once, you know, get out there, da-da-da. But at the end of the day, if you have kids, 
Um, I, I, I see how much this affects the kids and how it could really ruin people's lives. Um, I mean, my parents had an absolutely disgusting divorce and it wrecked me and my sisters. It absolutely wrecked us. So, if I, you know, I really am in favor of couples staying together if you have kids. Fucking work it out. But, but, but if, um, if that's not the case and he's just wasting your time because he's an asshole, what can I say? I mean, you know, listen, people waste time in court because they're sp- pressuring the other spouse to agree on their terms. That's usually the reason why people waste time in court. People waste time in court. They, 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 they want to make you crazy. They gaslight you. They want you to agree on their terms of the divorce. They want to uh, obtain the majority of the marital assets. They want the money. They want the power. They want the kid. They want the houses, da, 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 whatever. You know, and basically, because, and, and well, why, why? 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 One, because they're just assholes. Two, because they're scared. They're scared of financial insecurity. That's really the thing, okay? But most often than not, I feel that a lot of people that I know uh, that have gone through divorce or stories that I've heard, the reason why somebody's wasting time or stalling or giving a whole hullabaloo about the divorce is because they really didn't want it in the first place. Or they disagree, and or they disagree with the terms in the contract. So if I were you... If you can't do it yourself, I would contact a therapist, not a lawyer, because I mean, well, you know, how great would it be if there was a lawyer therapist, by the way? Maybe that should be a new thing. I'm a divorced lawyer therapist. But if you could contact a therapist, maybe in the presence of a lawyer, which is booby expensive, but maybe just say, why are you wasting, and have them, you know, bring it up in the table, have a round table discussion. Why are you wasting my time? Is there something, you know, that you, and hope, is there something that you want? Is there feelings that you have that this is bringing up, blah, 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 because because it definitely is probably, I mean, I would say it sounds like it's emotionally charged why he's wasting your time. Um, and if you could find out, then you're better. And you know what? If all else fails, you better get yourself a lawyer or a better lawyer or a good lawyer and get everything. Because if he's just being vindictive, you want to know what? You have to be vindictive right back. I am so sick of men. I am sick, sick, sick and tired of men using their big, strong man personalities and their, 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 their booming voices and their this and their that to shrink down the woman. And, and, and this day and age, fuck that. You know what? You should have your husband, your ex-husband or soon-to-be ex-husband call me. I'll set him in his place because you know what? I take no shit from nobody. And that's the truth. So, you know, I, I would maybe really um, make sure that, that, you, that you lawyer up and whatever. But um, at the end of the day, what I can say is uh, after everything is settled, whatever road you decide to take, I don't know if you have kids or not, but if you have kids, you have to be amicable. You have to bite your tongue. Like you, you, it's, it's, it's like I can't even tell you how hard it is because I literally think it's so hard 24-7, even though I recently was on vacation with my ex. Because let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. When we were on vacation, okay, my ex-husband was on the beach. We were on the beach. Okay, let me tell you a little mini story time. We are on the beach, okay? Me, my ex, my two daughters, my mom, her husband, they're in the distance. My sister's there. We're, we're on this, you know, boat cruise in Florida, whatever. We're, we're on the beach. The, the boat docks were on the beach. We're picking shells out, having a great time. I'm not picking shells with my ex. He's like 100 yards away. I see him looking for shells. 
And he's like looking, like he's looking for like a diamond in the rough. So I went over to him, you know, like a psycho. And I was like, what are you doing? What are you doing trying to find beautiful shells for your girlfriend? Now, I mean, you know, completely immature. And he's like, will you leave me alone? But this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. The immaturity. Like I, you, I, 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 I could have bit my tongue. I didn't have to go say that to him. You know, we wound up walking away, flustered, huffing about, you know, all these grow up, you know, whatever the hell he's saying. And I was like, no. You don't need to get her a shell. Like, I was absolutely insane. I was a crazy lady. But, yeah, but you know, uh, but I know that I have to come back to center like I'm in a yoga class and be amicable because we have the kids. And, look, if you don't have kids, fuck them. Once you divorce, who cares? You don't need to be friends with him. If you don't have kids, you don't have to be amicable after divorce. Just like breakups if you, when in non-marriage relationships. If you don't have kids with somebody and you break up, you go east, I go west, I don't need to ever see you again. If we go to the same gym, I'm changing gyms. If we live in the same neighborhood, I'm moving. If that's not possible, I'm going to move anyway. So, you know, amicable if you have kids is so important. And, you know, someone, something someone told me um, a while ago that, uh, is always helpful is the, if you're trying to be, um, friendly with somebody like your ex or if you need to be, you know, whatever, distract yourself with other things and if that's going to be, and get your life to be really full and you'll, it'll be so easy for you to be amicable with him. At least you'll be able, and you'll be able to tolerate his stuff. If all of a sudden you got a new man, you got a great therapist, lots of hobbies and friends and you know, whatever, whatever. And then you have to go deal with some lunatic ex-husband or soon to be ex-husband or whatever the hell it is. You're going to be like, you're literally going to be able to go into a zone where you zone out and everything he says is just going to roll off your shoulder. You're not even going to care, okay? I could guarantee you. So if you get your life full, you will be able to deal with him and, and you you yourself will be amicable. And I don't even need to say this and I don't even want to sound preachy, but remember that uh, you can't control um, what other people say and do. You can only control how you uh, react. And if my ex-husband is listening to this, because he is, because he listens to my podcast, because I don't know why, but he's going to be like, oh my God, she's crazy. She doesn't do that. <laughs> but I do. I try. I really do try. I really, really do try. Um, Moving on to the New York Times article that I just read in the uh, Times when I was out of town. It was uh, the Sunday Times from July 25th. There's a great article about it. If you are thinking about work and going back to work and, and your new work schedule, because I still have complete anxiety over this. There's a great article um, called, uh, I think it's in the business section, called We're Not Going Back to Business as Usual. And, you know, I, I spoke a lot of, I speak a lot about this because I can't deal with it. Obviously, the pandemic emptied every office and and, and everything and and now some companies are back. Some companies are saying we're going to go back after Labor Day. But at the end of the day, this article talks about what we've been doing during the workday. Not only working, but maybe we dipped out to get a manicure. Maybe we dipped out to run the dry cleaning or did a load of laundry or made a meal. And we got to, our lives became more full. <clears throat> We didn't feel like we were chained to a desk or chained to wherever. And now, all these companies, they're like, go back, go back, come back. And, oh, we're having a back-to-work happy hour. Oh, yeah. 
snooze. Well, you know what? People don't want that anymore. And this whole article is all about that. And they have a book recommendation in it, which I put in my Amazon uh, uh, cart. It's um, by a Harvard professor, a girl, Ashley Williams. And it's called uh, Time Smart, How to Reclaim Your Time and Live a Happier Life. How to Reclaim Your, your Time and Live a Happier Life by Ashley Williams, Harvard professor. And the point that she makes in the article that made me want to order the book is she says, now is the time. Now is the time to negotiate the time off. Now is the time to negotiate remote flexibility. So if you work, if you have a job today and you're an office worker and you you know you could work your job from home, now is the time to do it. That and you have to stick to your guns. You do have to stick to your guns. And I, I, I don't know if this is bad advice or good advice, but when the companies are like, um, come back to work, you know, four days a week, I think this is the time to pipe up. They need you just as much as you need them. And once you get that mentality into your head, I know it's hard because we all need a check and all that stuff. And and I know that we all feel sometimes that we have to be slaves to our companies, but what because of the check situation, because we need to support our family and put a roof over our heads and feed the kids and all that. But once you get that mentality in, that confidence will go far. Trust me on that. Trust me on that. Product of the day is the dress that I wore for the wedding. So I bought all these dresses, you know, like like a like a real Mary Poppins carpet bag lady. And I bought this dress on Amazon on a total whim, thinking it's going to be horrible. It's not appropriate for the wedding. And it came... And I just thought, wow, this is unexpected. I'm going to show my mom and sisters when I get there and get their opinion. And I showed them and everybody liked it. So I wore it and it was great. It was on Amazon. So the brand's crazy. Hold on. Let me get it out. I can't even. The brand is Begameg. Let me spell this for you because it's a lunatic spelling. B-E-A-G-I-M-E-G. B-E-A-G-I-M-E-G. That's the name, that's the brand name of the dress. And the dress is called Women's Sexy Tank Top Bodycon Ruched Sleeveless Basic Mini Midi 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 Party Dress. I mean, can you deal with this description? But anyway, the dress was $28.99. It comes in like, I don't know, 10 colors. I got it in this fluorescent yellow. You could see it on my Instagram page at Elise Delucci. I bought it in a size large. I wear a size six to eight. Let me tell you something. This dress was so comfortable. Uh, I mean, it it was, okay, it was so comfortable. It was hugging my skin, but not hugging my skin, if that makes sense. Like it was slinky and knee length and it was fitted. So, you know, you have to like how you look when things are fitted, but it's ruched. So even if you don't like it, the ruching covers it up. So if I was sitting down, I didn't like the way my stomach was looking, you know, I ruched it up around the stomach. It was so comfortable, I literally can't even tell you. Now, when the dress came, the material was questionable because it was like a stretch polyester. It looked like maybe something Rave Girl or G&G sold, you know, back in the day. And I was like, ugh, this material just screams, you know, I don't know, Y2K kind of clothing. But it it was nice. It actually had like a cooling effect. And I can't believe I sent, I'm saying that to you because I do have a crazy sensitive skin. So if you need a knee length dress and you want something that hides any lumps and bumps or whatever, the ruching, you can't go wrong. I actually just, I got it in the hot yellow on a whim. I just reordered it in black and purple. Why purple? I don't know. I'll probably return it. Story of my life. Story of my life. Anyway, I put some dates on Instagram that I'm going to be around. I 
am still waiting for this one date at the end of September or first weekend in October where where I will be uh, doing my own show and I'm waiting on this club to get it to me so I really hope that that happens so stay tuned on that but in the meantime I have some dates posted and um and yeah, and I'm going to be coming out. I'm going to be coming out to cities. That's what I'm going to be doing. I spoke to a, a manager uh, recently, and that is just what we are going to do. People are coming out. People are loving it. People are loving the Deluch. What can I say, baby? Not as much as they're loving the male comics. Actually, that's not true. They love the Deluch more. It's just that this is a male-dominated business, but don't worry. Don't worry. We're taking over here, okay? That's just how we have to have, that's how we have to do it. That's the attitude. Quote of the day, quote of the day. I, I read this quote online and I just I just love it. The worst part of online shopping is having to get up and get your credit card from your pocketbook. That's all for the Elise DeLucci Show, episode 73. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I cannot believe we almost been doing 100 episodes of this all throughout the pandemic. It's been great fun. You guys, you feel like my friends to me, and I love talking to you. With here, sitting here with my Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee. Dunkin', you're going to sponsor me? What's up with that? Um, it's just, just, just the best. It's absolutely just the best. Follow me on Instagram and on TikTok if you don't. And hey, tell your friends about the podcast. Have them write a review on Apple Podcasts because that just, I read them all, but it also helps my podcast become a little bit more popular. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you. Talk to you soon. Ciao, ciao, baby.